Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often, they pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abracci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior. And in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Chris Murray as our special guest. Chris is a nonprofit leader with deep experience in the for-profit industry and is appreciated for her ability to help others achieve their goals. She's a proud Berkeley grad who lives with her smart and handsome husband, Chris, just outside of San Francisco. So Chris, we always like to start our podcast by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push and expand your thinking? To be with you all, Um, this was a tough question for me because I am constantly challenging myself, but... Um, The one that I settled on to share with you, which may not be a game changer for lots of the folks listening, is 99% Invisible. It's hosted by Roman Mars, who has one of the most soothing voices on the planet. Um, One of the reasons I love it is that it is a design podcast. And what it does is look beyond the obvious to the reasons that things are designed the way they are. Um, And the one that I was just listening to recently was about highway signs. Why are some highway signs square and some are um, triangles and why are some circles and why is a stop sign an octagon and why are the colors the way they are? And it turns out as they dig into this, that some of these were very intentional decision based on some research and some was just dumb luck. They happened to have some round pieces of metal sitting around when the first highway signs were being created. And so it was decided that this sign shall always be round. Um, It always makes me think. It always makes me look a little more deeply as I'm walking through my world. Um, And as I said, Roman Mars has an amazingly soothing voice. Well, that's great. And I I think I'll be adding that to my list of podcasts as I have not previously listened to that one. It sounds fascinating. So thank you for adding that to my repertoire. I really appreciate it, Chris. (laughs) It sounds uh, really delightful. I love it. I, um, hello, Chris. I'm so happy you're here. Hello. Uh, yes, I don't know of that podcast either. And you had me with figuring out, you know, it figures out these, these problems, not problems, but why things happen. So you get to ask that question, why? And then the second thing is very personal. His name you said is Roman, right? It is. Which is my son's name. So of course I have to listen to it. However, he does not have a soothing voice (laughs) as he's, yelling at the game. And so I'm like a Roman with a soothing voice. That would be really interesting, Chris. Uh, but I love that. And I love how you're, I, because I've worked with you before, I know you're always pushing your thinking and anything that's a puzzle and you're always asking why. And I just love that. I love your brain. So I know it's gotta be a great podcast if, if you're listening to it. 
So thank you for that recommendation. I will add it and then feel guilty that I'm not caught up on it. So it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. Those podcasts, you're like, Oh, what great. And then you can feel the pressure of, of listening to all of them. So (laughs) thank you, Chris. So now the big question, Chris, what decision changed the trajectory of your life? And then after that is what charge qualities did you use to help you make that decision? This was such a hard question for me because there have been, uh, I had a hard time narrowing it down to one. So I hope it's okay that I settled on a series of decisions, a collection of decisions. Uh, First of all, Chris, what I love is one, I appreciate no rules, it appears. Uh, You are always looking for creative ways uh, (laughs) to break rules. And, but yet you ask permission, but not really. You're still going to give me the multiple yes. decisions. So That's I right. love it. That's I right. love it. So thank you for asking, but I know it didn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, we started, I started my grown up life early. Um, I married the very first boy I met at college really and truly. And, um, he was terrific. And so we decided to get married and that was, you know, 35 years ago in 1991, We were a young married couple expecting our second child at the age of 27 years old. My husband came home from his work at a big accounting firm and said, I've been thinking, what would you think about my leaving this big firm and starting out on my own and hanging a shingle? And within the course of about the next five to seven days, he and I had together made the decision that, yes, he would leave his stable job at a big accounting firm and start his own business. And also I would leave my job as a fourth grade teacher and start my own business. We did have this baby that was also coming and a three-year-old who was already with us and stirring up trouble enough. And if I was going to open my own business, we needed to purchase some real estate to do that. Of course, we had no money for that if we purchased the real estate after we quit our job. So we quick got a mortgage on the new real estate. So before we had to reveal that we had no job history, Um, And essentially started jobs, moved into a big rambling house that would soon be converted into a childcare, um, had a new baby and um, did it all within about um, four weeks, two to three weeks, I guess. Now that I think about it, two to three weeks from May 21st to June 6th, we did all of this. Um, It was crazy town, but it also allowed us to change the direction of our life in that we moved our life into a direction that more appropriately supported the kind of family life we wanted, um, allowed us to do work that mattered to us while still being meaningfully engaged with our kids as we raised them. Um, And when I look back on that period, even though it it really was pretty challenging, (laughs) I wouldn't have traded one of those decisions, not one, um, because it all worked out for the better. Chris, so (laughs) I'm just imagining at 27. So you, the husband whose name is Chris. So this is going to be very confusing for, for listeners. So we're just going to call him husband. He comes in, says this, and your first reaction is to, what was your first reaction? Like, yeah, let's do it. Or kind of take me, unpack some of that thinking. Cause you went all in and what was it, what was that kind of guiding principle that you had then at yeah. 27 to have that clarity too of, it will give us a life that we want or, you know, in the future, did you actually think that or you were a risk taker? (gasps) Well, yes, to all of that. So, um, I, 
he's made pretty great decisions, you know, for as long as I, I mean, he picked me. I was, okay, you beat me to the point. I was going to say he married you. That was a really good decision. Of course. So on some level, of course I trusted him. My pop had been a sole proprietor business. So I knew about business ownership. Um, And frankly, we had looked closely at those men who were partners in this big firm and they didn't know their children and most of them weren't still married. And we knew that we didn't want that for our future. Um, And my husband didn't feel like he was able to serve his clients the way he wanted to in that big environment. So I wanted him to be happy and fulfilled. I wanted him to be part of our lives. I knew that, um, I needed to find a solution outside of standard operating procedure if I was going to be a mama to two children and still have a meaningful work life. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, a little bit of unpacking, a little bit of blind faith. And then honestly, I remember having the conversation with him where I said, well, if we go broke, I guess we'll start over, right? (laughs) He said, yeah, I guess we'll just start over. Um, We had some good luck too. You know, I remember so clearly after we had purchased this house, which was such a disaster, we had two dumpsters delivered the first day we closed and started gutting it. Uh, but we didn't have any resources. So we were, you know, I would buy a book um, published by Sunset on how to demo and retile a bathroom. And then I'd go demo and retile the bathroom oh with the book God. open next to me. But I remember being on a really tight budget and scrambling really hard Chris's business was also in the home that we were renovating so I could open my business and his employees would show up at our front door every morning and come in and make their way to the upstairs room where their office was. And I remember going into the grocery store in those first few months when things were looking pretty scary for us. And there was a big banner across the grocery store that said, now accepting credit cards. And I remember turning to my three-year-old and saying, we're going to buy cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, credit card. You know, I, I wasn't sure that we could afford cookies, but now that I knew I could charge them, yeah, we were going to buy cookies. We got cookies. Chris, you said something that I think is so powerful that so many people, it's there's so much fear around it. And you said, what is the worst that could happen? We just have to start over. Where so many people that Kelly and I talk to, that is not the response. It's not the response to say, what's the worst could happen? Oh, we'll start over. The worst could happen is I'll be embarrassed. I'll feel like a failure. I will lose a house. I will. What in you at 27, this is what gets me is how young how young you were when all this happened to have all this wisdom. Where did that come from? What is the worst that could happen? You're like, we'll just start over. Where did that come from? Oh gosh. You know, I mean, some of it, I think just innately, I am a risk taker. I don't back away from challenges um, just by my wiring. But I think also I just had enormous confidence in my husband and me that we'd get through whatever was going to come our way and that we could start over. We were young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, to go bankrupt at 27 is not as big a disaster as it would be to go bankrupt at 57. Yeah. So we, I really just remember thinking, all right, well, we'll do something else if this doesn't work out. I, I don't know that I would qualify it as wisdom so much, Carrie, as just a gut determination. Um, and to look at your charge framework, um, You know, I think that he and I both had confidence in our resilience. I don't know that our resilience Mm. had been tested yet. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we had confidence in it. Um, and, you know, we just knew that we didn't know it would be okay, but we knew that if it wasn't okay, we would be okay. You would be okay. That's what I love. And I think that resilience, you know, it's not about, we talk a lot about resilience and it's, it's, you still fall down. It's all about how you get up from it. And that attitude of it's okay. We have the confidence. We have the talent. We, we tell people all the time who lose their positions. We're like, you have talent. It's okay. Yeah. You'll find it. You know, you'll find something else. I know it sucks right now, but you can rely on your talent. Yeah. Um, what I, I was thinking of the, the charge model and how much courage though it yeah. took. Did you have people in your life? I feel like, especially for many of our listeners, they may want to make a change. Like say, I, I am going to leave this big corporate job, this big eight job, and it has a pension and it has this and it has insurance and all this great stuff. And I'm going to go be, a, uh, I'm going to make furniture. What? Where did that courage come from? And did you have yeah. other people in your life going, this is Chris, I'm going to pull you aside. <laughs> You're bananas right now, right? right? I mean, did you have to go against maybe some friends and family too? I think we often, when we look back on this, we often ask ourselves where the grownups were. What were our parents <laughs> thinking? Um, so no, they didn't say, go girl, you got this. Mm. But no, neither did they say, that's a really crazy idea. So I think what I so appreciate about that time was the, I'm going to use the term sort of purposeful negligence that our, mm. both of our sets of parents applied to the situation. <laughs> they were hands off. Um, we, I think we both knew that in a crisis, we'd have a safety net of some sort. Mm. We wouldn't be homeless. We might be sleeping in, you know, over the garage, but mm-hmm. I think what I looking back, what I so appreciate was that everyone who knew better and lots of them did chose not to get in our way. Like they let us, they gave us the respect of making our own mistake, like really screwing up our lives if we wanted to. Um, That's incredibly respectful. Um, And it, it was, I know a very purposeful decision on the part of the (laughs) grownups at the time. I'm sure they chewed their tongues, you know, just biting them so hard. Uh They did it. They stayed quiet. Um, And then came and helped me tile. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did you ever ask them later, Chris? Like, yeah. okay, did, yeah. And did they say, yeah, of course we thought you were crazy. Yes. In fact, we just recently had this conversation with my husband's family and I said, did you think this was nuts? And she's like, oh yes. And then she said, but I also knew that you two were a team and it would be fine. Oh. So I decided to see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness that it worked out well. Cause wouldn't that have been a fun, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, you all, yeah, no, it would be, it would be a sad one, but yes, it would be. I told you so. And I think what's amazing to me is how your confidence in your teamwork, just people saw that and said, okay, I might think she's crazy, but she's got a good head on her shoulder. She's with husband and they'll figure it out. And people could see that. And it goes back to, we talk a lot about, you know, you have, you have children who you hang out with. And I'm sure if your husband was not as lovely, smart and handsome as the intro, (laughs) all of the above, right. They might have intervened perhaps. Um, But when you see, they're like, you know what, they're going to, they're going to make it happen. And I love that. 
what is there another so we talked about using courage using resiliency was there was there anything else in terms of the charge um, model you know i would have to say that an underpinning for my whole life has been humility Mm. we recognized what we didn't know. I mean, I referenced earlier that I would go to the hardware store and buy a book and come home and learn how to tile. Um, I asked a lot of questions um, as we were moving through. My work was to open a childcare. So we were repurposing the main floor of a ramshackle old house into a public space. Um, There were licensing issues I had to be mindful about. I had never done this work before. I'd used it. I'd been a consumer. (laughs) I had never actually done this work. Um, So I really had to get humble and acknowledge what I didn't know um, and welcome wisdom and advice from others. And I didn't always love it, Mm -hmm. but recognizing that, um, you know, I wasn't all that in a bag of chips right out of the gate was really, really important, I think. And, you know, my business turned into um, a childcare we, where people would call us when they got pregnant and put their oh my babies to be on a yeah. waiting list. And I would say, well, okay, you know, let's get through the pregnancy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then the next three years of his life, and then we can talk. Um, but, it, you know, I don't think I could have gotten there if I had walked into that thinking I had all the answers. I, I have to say, Chris... I, you are one of the smartest people I know and no, it's true. And you know, I'm kind of snobby, so I don't usually, I don't say that. <laughs> I think we'll only ask the, the smart people we know to be guests on the podcast uh, because we can, but the fact that you are, you, first of all, you're incredibly uh, humble. In fact, you made us redo your intro to make it sound less to me, almost less, not less accomplished, but making sure it had the right tone of humility and it didn't sound all stuffy and corporate because mm-hmm. that's who you are. But for you to say, hey, I'm a smart person, but I need to ask all these questions. I need to learn. I need to have this humility and know that we don't know everything. I just think about how it could have turned out if you're like, no, I know how to tile. I got this. I know everything. I'm going to figure this all out. We're going to run everything. And just maybe the perhaps disasters you would have you would have hit if you didn't have that. What, uh, what are the actions? So for those listening and going, okay, I'm not that much of a risk taker to upend <laughs> everything like a Chris Murray does, which is that's some, um, that's baller status. Uh, uh-huh. What are, <laughs> what are the actions um, from your learning that, that you could help our, our listeners? Yeah. With? This was actually a really interesting thing to think through um, because I do want to be as concrete as I can. But the first thing I have to say is, to not, it's a non-action. So to not give in to analysis paralysis, Mm. like you want to plan for sure. You want to make sure you're executing in a logical way. That's for sure. Mm. And you want to have contingencies, right? That's for sure. You got to have a backup, but ultimately the only way to go is go. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily have to put the pedal all the way down like we did, but (laughs) We couldn't, we could have spread all those decisions out over 10 years. Yes. The question is what else, at what cost, right? Would we have still been married at the end of 10 years? You know, we didn't get divorced because we just didn't have time. So (laughs) those are putting it all at once was the way for us to move forward with it. So first I would say, go, like take Mm -hmm. a step. And for him, that step was, all right, I'm going to find a business partner 
who wants to do this with me? And for me, it was, all right, I'm going to learn all about licensing childcare spaces. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we can do right away. And, and then once sort of the next step moves out of the not to do and into do, once you decide you're going to go, you actually need to go. Mm-hmm. You need to, and every day go. Mm-hmm. So um, some days my steps were really big, like listing my, my, you know, hiring staff or listing myself on a childcare exchange. And some days my goes were really, really small, like, you know, hang three pictures in the childcare space that are childlike. That was huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kind of just making decisions and going with those that I needed. I remember clearly I needed to um, spread pea gravel into our childcare play space. And I had, um, I kid you not, um, three yards, I'm sorry, nine yards of pea gravel delivered, which is a giant truck full of pea gravel. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. And I was like, well, now I've got a street full of pea gravel. So (laughs) I put the infant in a stroller and I gave my three-year-old something, uh, a sand bucket and a shovel. Mm -hmm. And I took my little garden spade out and I started shoveling shovel by shovel, (gasps) pea pea gravel into the wheelbarrow, moving it into the play space. (laughs) The whole time sort of singing that, you know, just what makes that little (laughs) man. I had no hope of getting that done by myself, Mm -hmm. but I had to do it. Mm -hmm. Someone had to move. Um, and then the last thing I think, and, and this does kind of get back to your charge framework, is um, once you make this decision, if you're going to go, go well, I guess, you know, do it in an exemplary way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking back to when my husband had his office upstairs and the entire team was out at clients and the phone line rang in the office that was in the upstairs space of our home. And I was nursing an infant and I raced up the stairs with the infant in a football hole, took a big breath at the top of the stairs, picked up the phone and said, Shona Murray and company, may I help you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Murray's unavailable at the moment. Um, you know, acting as if was really important. His clients didn't need to know that, you know, a lady with, tile grout under her fingernails and a nursing baby under her arm was the receptionist at this office. Um, So just really like being deliberate about doing things well. Um, And I think that is why both of us ended up having really, really successful businesses. My husband's about to celebrate 30 years um, of his business and he has a staff of 15 or 20 and is responsible for their well-being and that of their families. Um, those are big accomplishments that um, came about because we decided if we were going to do it, we we're going to do it well. Yeah. I, those steps are amazing. I know Kelly will definitely want to talk about the analysis paralysis. So I don't want to, to, uh, to steal our thunder on that one, but I just want to say, I, I love the, there is a time where you just have to make the decision. And I think so many people struggle with that. Well, I need more things to line up. I need more stars to align. I need more. I need more. No, you don't sometimes do it. Now we're, you and I are both risk takers. So of course we're telling people to just do it. Um, But, but still think through it. And, and I, what I love, and I'm going to take to heart that you said is every day there's progress. And sometimes we only reward ourselves for the big progress 
like yeah. you said, like I, I, I published, you know, I published something today or I, I spoke on a podcast today or that's big, but little things, hanging the pictures, sending out an email that you've been wanting to send out. These are all progress. These are all steps that you take to get to that end goal and then do it well and don't cut the corners and, and be exemplary in what you do because it lasts and it makes an impact on people. And just, uh, just, I, I, you're so inspiring, Chris, with what you've said. And I feel a little tired listening to your story. (laughs) I'm like, damn, that girl has energy like nobody's business. And, and at the same time, sad, I didn't see you unloading pea gravel with an infant and (laughs) extract you because that would have been, I wanted to be your neighbor right there because I wanted to see that one and I love it. And so, no, it's so completely inspirational. I know Kelly has, uh, wants to say some things too, but I just, uh, I appreciate it, Chris, and what great actions for people to take as well. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. And and to your point, as you were speaking, Chris, there's a great quote by a German philosopher, uh, Goethe, and he says, at the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist. Oh, and it was, I love it. And it was very, it, it just spoke to me as you, were, as you were speaking about that moment of not giving into analysis. But when you make the commitment to yourself and you decide you're going to do it, when you go to go and keep going. And to keep the faith and to keep the, you know, to have the courage to not give in to the naysayers and to not give in to people who are like, but what if this, but what if that, what if that goes to hell? What if this goes to whatever? All of those things can be remedied. You have people, I mean, now more than ever, there's, you can Google, you can schmoogle, you can go on YouTube for a video for everything, right? Oh my gosh, tiling would have been so much easier if I had YouTube. Right. Or schmoogle. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, that's my new thing now, Kelly. I love that. I'm going to schmoogle stuff. <laughs> that's my contribution to our podcast today. But it really is such a beautiful quote. And it just reminds me so much of, of you, Chris, and your husband. I can picture everything that you're doing. It's such a beautiful story. And I think for anyone who even has a modicum of, of energy to do even a fiber of what you did, they will be so energized to know that that there is success out there when you when you put the commitment forward to say I can do it I trust myself enough and there are people around me who will support me even if I don't have a huge network if I have even one person who believes in me that's enough and even if it's just me that believes in myself that's okay too yeah i was just going to say and sometimes nobody believes in you and even you don't all the time mhm <laughs> There were mm-hmm. enough of believe in me moments throughout the day yes. that got me through the times when I thought I couldn't possibly, like what kind of craziness had I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Um, I, some of it is, is that belief. I have to also say, and you've heard me laugh as we've talked this through, like humor is a key component for me. I mean, Things went poorly. That that gravel, the neighbor came over at 1030 and asked me to please stop shoveling because he had to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped because I wanted to be a good neighbor. <laughs> but that, there's so much hilarity, you know, and, and we made some big mistakes when we tiled the bathroom. I didn't read all the grout instructions all the way through. And so there was this, we started doing it after we put the babies to bed. 
at about 9.30 or 10. And then step three was, after you've done all this, no fewer than three hours and no more than five hours after this step, execute next. So I set the alarm for 3 a.m. and we got up and we finished crowding the bathroom because I hadn't finished reading it, right? That was a giant mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say that like, you know, sweet, sensitive, kind husband wasn't so joyous that night, but we, but it's hilarious. Right. You know, and I think that as we sort of not take ourselves so seriously, we can get through the times of self-doubt and recognize that this is going to be awesome in 20 years. We're going to laugh really hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, employing courage, being resilient in, in moments like that, where you're like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. And not just throwing in the towel and saying, Ugh, screw it, whatever. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to leave it as is. And, and just, you know, sort of fold up and, 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 um, and, and give up on, on, on the projects that you're doing. And then, and then having the humility to be able to say, you know what, I don't know everything and I'm going to reach out to people, even if I know I don't want to always hear every single nuanced detail of how I should be doing something or how I shouldn't be doing something, but to be able to exercise that humility, um, it pays itself in spades because now you're on this podcast, Chris, and you're telling us your amazing story that I know will inspire and motivate all of our listeners to go out and do something that they didn't think was possible, but because they heard your story, they will. And so it makes me emotional just because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to think about, especially now when there's a lot of things that make us incorporate self doubt that you can do something so beautiful and, uh, and change people's lives for the better. So thank you for, for your beautiful story today and for sharing with all of us. It's a really, really kind compliment, and I, I receive it um, with all appropriate humility. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Chris. And if you would like to connect with Chris, feel free to do so on LinkedIn at Chris Murray, and be sure it's to spell it with a K, K-R-I-S, Murray. Um, thank you again, Chris, for joining our podcast and for sharing your story today. We're, we're humbled to have had you, um, and we know that many people will be inspired, um, and we'll be reaching out to you to learn more. So thank you again. You bet. It was tons of fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.